The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to welcome Father Van, a redemptorist, who is joining us today, who came into town yesterday for a funeral for the Montagnard community. Father lives in Annapolis, Maryland, but has served here um, in the Montagnard community over the years. He works in missions and often, pre-COVID, was going back to Vietnam yearly for missions there. Welcome, Father Van. Today is the baptism of the Lord, so we conclude the Christmas season officially, and we open now uh, the new season, the new period of ordinary time. And what could our Lord be saying to us through the liturgy today, this very powerful uh, manifestation, a theophany, a manifestation of God in humanity, Jesus' baptism. This is where, in a public way, Jesus begins his mission after many, many years living and Seemingly ordinary life. Most of Jesus' life on earth was like ours. Very ordinary. So it begins, his public ministry begins with a powerful divine manifestation. And we have the divinity, the divine entering into, uh, entering into the, our humanity at his baptism. Uh, we see here in the Gospels that it says... At the beginning of this manifestation, Jesus was baptized. Who, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. And why would the second person of the Blessed Trinity have any need to pray? He's God. Yet we see here in his humanity, he is also showing us, modeling for us, what it is to be fully human. And he doesn't, you could say, exempt himself from the human, the human need to pray. I'm sure most of you are prayers or you wouldn't be coming to Mass. But how often do we need to remember this, that even God himself in, in Jesus made conscious acts, free will choices to make time to pray? In the ordinary, but also in things is extraordinary, like his baptism. Do we pray with that kind of faith? Do we pray in the ordinary, and do we pray in, when we are in moments of great uh, need, or when we are asking God to help us make an important decision, etc.? Jesus prayed that I should take also my prayer life seriously. We also have here the figure of John the Baptist, And this baptism of the Lord is included in all four Gospels. 
You see, John is the hinge between the old and the new. He was the greatest of all the prophets, and it was on him not only to tell about the future coming of the Messiah, but he was the one who had to point out who the Messiah was. He had to say, and that is him. And over the years, God, the Holy Spirit, had prepared John for that mission. All of his years, solitary years in the desert, a hard life, a harsh life. But John was meditating on the scriptures and trying to understand what God in his mysterious language was preparing him for. John was a strong man, had a strong character. He was successful in his mission of preaching. His preaching of baptism was one of preparation for this day of Christ's baptism. John's role was to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. And a preparation for the coming of God is always repentance. And that's what John's baptism was. Preparing for the coming of Christ and being able to receive, recognize, receive, accept Christ when he did come. John was also successful. He was having success. People were changing their lives. People were publicly confessing their sins, being sorry for their sins, and beginning to change their lives. And some of them followed John. Some of the apostles were first disciples of John. We see at the beginning of this gospel, the people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. He was very successful. So much so that people began to think, could he be the Messiah? If John had one, you could say, weak point, one weakness, where he could be easily tempted, wouldn't it have been um, pride? Wouldn't it have been to say, look at all the success, look at all this good fruit, and attribute that to himself? You could see how the evil one would try to appeal to him like that. He probably would have been too vulnerable to things, let's say, of, of sins of the sensual nature. Living in the desert like that, providing for himself with the little that the desert gives. Probably not. You could see, he's not exempt from original sin, that maybe the pride would be the doorway for the enemy to get in. But when John says, I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals, you see that he actually is a very humble man. The humility to be able to say who I am with all the conviction in the world. He knew he was the one preparing the way. He knew he was the one, the voice crying out in the desert. He knew who he was. And his humility also helped him to know who he wasn't. No, I am not the Messiah. And compared to him, I shouldn't even touch the, his sandals. Humility, like all Christian virtues, makes us strong. Humility is not a weakness. All virtues, including humility, breeds a Christian who is strong. When, when we're humble like that, when we understand, accept what God has told us about ourselves, we can accept ourselves how we are, how God made us, um, what family he gave us that he willed us to be born into, and all that comes from that. 
And we can accept the mission he gives us because it comes from him. And we also, in that kind of humility that makes us strong, can be less vulnerable to the qualities or the successes of the other who is different, often different. But how often can we be vulnerable to an attack from the evil one too to compare and also envy or to be jealous of the other? Because you are like this and I would like to be and I'm not. Then we can get in there. Right? But when we are grounded solidly and solidly with humility on the truth of what God tells us about ourselves, about God and about the world, now we can be strong too. No, this is how I am, this is who I am, and this is what God wants of me. That's a nice way to live. There's a lot less stress living that way than living a little in a way of when we put our security not in that, but in what others think of us, which will always change. And there, how can we ever get a sense of direction and stability and constancy? So the figure of John the Baptist also invites us to look at the truth of what God speaks to us about our own selves. And do we accept that? Do we accept the way God called me into existence? where he decided I would be born, what family he gave me, how my family influenced me, the circumstances he has permitted to reign in my life. Because God is king and he's sovereign over that. And he provides grace for all of that. Just like he provided grace for John to survive in that kind of um, desert experience, to be even the ridicule of many to give him strength to do his job and even have to call out people in authority to help them be open, at least open to seeing and accepting the Messiah when he came. And at the same time, remembering who he was. All this happens with the Holy Spirit present. And in our baptism, as in all the sacraments, the Holy Spirit is the the active agent the primary actor in all the sacraments. Jesus, who had no sin on him, had no need of forgiveness, had no need to be reborn. He didn't do that for himself. He wasn't baptized for his, himself. He had no need. He had himself baptized out of love for us. So that he had opened the doorway, penetrating once more into our broken humanity, going first ahead of us opening that door so that we follow him in our baptism. You see the humility of Christ praying, who has no need to pray. You see the humility of Christ asking for baptism from one of his creatures. John felt so intimidated. Who are you to ask me to baptize you? It's the other way around. Let it be so the scriptures can be fulfilled. Christ also is humble when he lowers himself, inviting us to follow him in our baptism, and he makes of the creature a temple of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism of Christ, we also see our Lord's humility, and he is not afraid of or intimidated by our brokenness, our our lowliness as humanity, and all the bad things we can do that do not correspond to our great dignity that we receive from God. And he comes into our lives again. So even reflecting on and giving thanks to God for the sacraments and our baptism, 
could lead us to be humble in gratitude for what you have done for me, Lord. Let us all ask for the grace to hear that voice from heaven as well. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Let us imitate our Lord in his way of life. When we were baptized, a union began with God through Christ. And now we call ourselves adopted sons and adopted daughters of God the Father. And when God the Father made himself present, this theophany, this manifestation of the divinity, by sight in the form of the dove, and by uh, hearing through the voice from heaven, we are, he is humbling himself, he is lowering himself so that we can perceive his presence through the senses. The human, we are humanity, we can perceive the presence of the divine and hear those words also. You are baptized, you are an adopted child of mine, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. So let's ask for the grace this morning as we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. That this new year also be a new beginning that we recommit to follow our Lord in all things and live with the dignity that corresponds to be welcomed into the family of God as adopted sons and adopted daughters of the Heavenly Father. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With gratitude in our hearts for the gift of baptism, let us turn to the Father and pray. For the church, that the Lord will bless his people and make them a light for the nations, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For civil leaders here and throughout the world, that they will be enlightened by the Holy Spirit to govern according to the truth, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those to be baptized, especially those preparing for baptism at the Easter Vigil this year, that they will find in the sacrament happiness and peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who live in darkness because of sin, that the mercy of Jesus will bring them to repentance and conversion, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the grace this week to live our baptismal promises with deeper authenticity and fervor, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for the people of the parish. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick, or infirmed, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the repose of the souls of all the faithfully departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Loving Father, at the baptism of your Son, your voice was our consolation, our hope, and our joy. 
Console us again through your word, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.